Voices, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I am author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bray Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about why we love zooming in and looking at people's bookshelves, you little, you little spires, you little, <laughs> you little peepers, bookshelf peepers. <laughs> but first, what are you reading, Bria? I'm reading a book I think you've read. I'm not sure. I, I don't know who recommended this to me, um, but it's called, I think you read it, uh, When Women Were Birds, 54 Variations on Voice by Terry, by Terry Tempest Williams. Tempest Williams, correct. Um, yes. You read this before. Yes. Yeah. And this, I am not surprised that uh, you were enjoying this because this I, is a really good book. I, I I don't know. I don't, sorry, y'all. I don't think you can count it as a bird book, although there are some birds in it. There are some, yes. she did, she does, she was, uh, her grandmother was a birder. And so she also speaks a little bit about birds, but it's 50, I think it's 54. <laughs> you were going to say she also speaks a little bird. <laughs> she speaks a little bird. <laughs> um, uh, basically, um, Terry Tempest Williams was, uh, she was a Mormon, um, and, um, she, this is her second memoir, second, like, sort of essay memoir thing, correct? Did you read her first one, Refuge? No, this is the only book I've ever read from her. Ah, okay. So, so she has this other one that I didn't read, uh, but this one, um, is about, um, her mother, kept all these journals. And when she died, uh, she was like, look, here are all my journals for you. I'm leaving them for you. And then Terry Tempest Williams opens up these journals, all these beautiful, gorgeous journals, and they're all blank, all blank on the inside. So it's basically her writing these essays about like women's voices. And I'm sort of reading it slowly, reading like one chapter in the morning or one chapter at night. Um, And it's just... Uh, her going through all of these different uh, different ways women use their voice or lose their voice. Um, she talks about Mormon women, and I guess it's very important for Mormon women. They're they're one of their main major jobs within their community is to keep a journal. Um, and yeah. then her mother never did, and she has all of her grandmother's journals. So it's just a really great little essay uh, book. Um, about women's voices and the power of voice and the power of silence. Um, and and every chapter it has, um, it's very like meditative. Every chapter is like, you know, talks about her mother's journals and how it re- relates to what she's talking about. And every chapter is also very short. You can read each chapter in like a minute or two minutes. So it's a small book too. Yeah. I actually have it right next to me. Oh. Uh, it's like a tiny little adorable, beautiful book. It is. The cover's really beautiful. Um, and, and so if you're looking for something that's just like, you can kind of read it to start your day or end your day. I found, I, I'm, I'm really enjoying kind of like going through this. And um, yeah, yeah. What are you reading, Mallory? I am reading a recommendation from our neighbor podcast, Professional Book Nerds. Uh, I heard Jill talking about this book last year and put it on my, um, my holds list. And I just finally got it from the library. It is The Lions of Fifth Avenue by Fiona oh, Davis. I've been wanting to read that. Yeah. Oh my God, it's so good. And I've read another, I talked about, I talked a while ago about another book that she wrote called The Dollhouse on this show. So I was excited for this when I heard Jill talking about it. Also, um, I listened to uh, professional book nerds recently and they were talking about that there had listeners who were re- uh, requesting cocktail, uh, like rec- cocktail and book pairings. And they were like, we have to have Mallory on. Yes. We got to do that. That would be super fun to do a big snack cocktail crossover reading glasses professional book nerds episode. (laughs) I am extremely into that. Um, 
This book is amazing. It is definitely, it's a book for people who love books and libraries. Like if you, if books are in your wheelhouse, like as a subject, you have to get this. So it's, and it's like one of those uh, two storyline books where one of the storylines is New York in the early 1900s. I think it's like 1913. And there's this woman, um, her husband is like the manager of the New York public library. So her and her family live inside the New York public library, like the big, like the big one on fifth Avenue. Um, and she is like really unhappy as a wife and a mother and like wants, wants something different out of her life. And she gets accepted to this journalism school and it really starts to change the way that she looks at the world while at the same time, there's this mystery going on with books disappearing from the library and then um you like decades and decades and decades later the other storyline is a more modern one uh this woman who works at the new york public library is a curator and she's this woman's uh granddaughter Mm. and um she is trying to put together this uh, exhibit all about her, her grandmother but a lot of the people don't know that she's related to her um while at the same time there's another mystery going on of things disappearing like books disappearing from the library and as she like looks into it she ends up finding out a lot of things about her family and about her grandmother and like how these two timelines relate to each other it's so good it was one of those books where i read the first chapter and i was like oh shit i'm not gonna be able to put this Wait, one down this is nonfiction or fiction it's fiction oh it's fic- this whole time i've thought this book was nonfiction. Uh, what no, it's, it's, okay. it, it's fiction. It's it's historical fiction. It's just wonderful. It's so good. And also like the writing is amazing. It's just a, an amazing book, but it's just one of those books where if you fucking love, like I haven't been able to be inside of a library in almost a year now and just reading about walking around the New York public library, um, was like a bomb for my soul. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's the lions of fifth Avenue, uh, by Fiona Davis. And mine is when women were birds by Terry Tempest Williams. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. We got a hot book tip from Jessica. Wow, well, hot, hot book tip. Hot book tips in the morning with Brian Mallory. <laughs> <laughs> hot book tip. Um, Jessica says, I was just listening to episode 171 on annotations and heard the problem you solved for Trevor, who was worried about a simultaneously growing TBR and to watch list. You both advised that he dumped the book if it wasn't working. I just like to add a tip of mine to follow that great piece of advice. Look it up. If you decide that you don't want to read the book or watch a show or movie, but still want to know what happens so you can talk about it later, I recommend going online and reading a summary. It will take you less than 10 minutes and you'll still get the gist. You can even look up reviews and analysis if you need more. I am 100% spoiler reverse. I'm a mouse in that way but if a book or movie or, sh- or show fails to fails the keep test then i'll go look it up all, <laughs> then i'll go look all its secrets up online then i can still roll with the discussion when that piece of media is brought up and i didn't have to spend valuable limited media consumption time with a dud wow jessica this is top tier book tip oh, genius i love it i love it that way you can still participate i i'm into that so Sephora wrote in, I started listening to the podcast earlier this year. After coming across Lady from the Black Lagoon in my local library and reading it and loving it, I looked Thank up you. <laughs> Mallory on Instagram and found the podcast. I walk my dog for an hour a day, so I've been catching up. After listening to the episode on rare books, I discovered, I looked up the book mentioned in at the beginning of the episode called The Last Days of Video. I don't oh have God, a bookstore book so in my town, but most books I can find pretty easily here in Australia through book- booktopia.com, which, side note, is not owned by Amazon as far as I can find. However, they only have the audiobook. I was determined to find this rare book. It took a while, but I found a used copy on another site for $27, a small price to pay for the victory. Um, I don't even remember this book. What is this book, Mallory? The Last Days of Video? 
Last Days of Video is this amazing fucking really funny book about this bookstore or this video store when like during the time when video stores were really going out of business and they're like it's a book to read if you like empire records or clerks or something because there's like all the funny sarcastic people who work in the video store and like all the way they're like their lives are like shitty and falling apart but they're like trying to get it together it's Mm. just so good I, i i'm i having a rare moment where i cannot remember the name of the fucking author um but it's amazing and it's it's pretty i'm pretty sure it's a small press book um Oh, it's awesome. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um, Sephora continues. Um, I'm yet to really nail down my wheelhouse, but I may have a reading quirk. The weather. I read all sorts of genres, writers, etc. But I have found weather is a huge influence on what I, what I read. Summer, particularly dry, hot summers, I find myself reading books based in Italy, Greece, and the Middle East. Autumn, I'm drawn to spooky English moors and or New England. Winter brings Scandinavians, and then spring comes the Southern Gothic. <laughs> I fucking love this. We should do a weather and book episode, by the way. Um, It was also interesting to hear an Australian accent on the show. In one episode, sorry, I can't remember the numbers. I haven't listened to them in order. Sean said he was... Wasn't really sure about Australian readers, the re, re, the Australian reader scene or books. Um, just thought I'd throw out there that there's a thriving Australian crime fiction scene. Uh, the Dry by Jane Harper is a big title made into a movie and a small Australian gothic scene. I'm forever trying to dig around for more Australian gothic titles. So if anyone has any suggestions, I'd love to hear them. Yes, uh, Australian Gothic fans, please write in and send Sephora some recommendations because we want them too. Uh, I think maybe Picnic Hanging Rock kind of yeah. counts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I, that. I think so. uh, we're gonna have we're gonna have to ask Sean. This is this is really really cool. Amazing listener. Oh, but I just love the idea of like, oh, it's hot out. I'm gonna read a book set in the desert. I, I love that. It's just, so funny. Yeah, it's very funny. Also, again. Thank you for the kind words about Lady from the Black Lagoon. Um, So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, along with, I should point out, extra recommendations from me and Bria. We, every month, we we pick out another book that we haven't talked about on the show, but we'd love and um, and put it in the the newsletter. So that's a great way to get extra, extra book recs from us. Uh, There's a link in the show notes. Um, So before we talk about bookshelf creepers, we're going to take a quick break. So, Bria, you have a very cute dog named Birthday Party. Yes. Her full name is Birthday Party. <laughs> but but Birthday Party needs a lot of baths. Yes, a lot of baths, but not too many baths. It's quite a problem. <laughs> um, birthday Party uh, has uh, sensitive skin and a lot of allergies. And so uh, we've been through uh, so, so, so many vet visits trying to figure it out. Um, I got Birthday Party when she was 12 years old. She'd been living with this for a long time, but she could not tell me what to do or what to clean her with. So it took a long time of uh, trial and error to get this dog to where she was healthy. But we recently got a sponsor that I really like and has really helped with birthday parties skin problems. Yes, luckily for birthday party and for Bria and and the people who the other person that lives in Bria's house, Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Scouts Honor. Scouts Honor's probiotic grooming products are a scientifically proven natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems. As, as cute as birthday party is, she also used to be 
quite stinky. Yeah, yeah. And when you apply this to the skin, the probiotics um, support healthy bacteria and fight against bad bacteria that cause irritation, which is awesome. Not only do they have shampoos and conditioners, they also have a spray that I use every morning, and it smells so good, and it stays on her skin and helps her to smell better. Yes, so she doesn't smell like a stinky dog. She smells like all of the amazing fragrances that Scouse Honor has. I think that's one of my favorite parts about Scouse Honor is that the the scents are not like cloying or too sweet or too powerful. They're like sandalwood or honeysuckle or just like a little bit more natural. They make birthday party smell like a birthday party. <laughs> so to receive 20% off your first order, go to scoutshonor.com slash glasses. Remember, that's Scouse with a K. Scoutshonor.com slash glasses to get 20% off your first order. So that's some amazing natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. Scoutshonor.com slash glasses for 20% off. Glasses. glasses. Welcome. Thank you. No problem. These are real podcast listeners, not actors. What do you look for in a podcast? Reliability is big for me. Power. I'd say comfort. What do you think of this? Oh. That's Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go? They came out of the floor? And down from the ceiling? That can't be safe. I'm upset. Can we go now? Soon. Jordan Jesse Go, a real podcast. This week, we're talking about why so many of us are bookshelf creepers. There was an article on Book Riot last year about how and why, in this age of Zoom meetings, people are obsessed with figuring out what is on someone's bookshelf. I read it and sent it to Bria, which after which we agree that we should talk about it on the show. Why do those of us that are cited do this? Why are we such fucking book creeps? Oh, man. Bria, but, do you but, do this? <laughs> yeah. By the way, um, there's an amazingly funny article about Demi Moore, I think it's Demi Moore's bathroom. Did you see this? She does no, interviews what? in a couch in her bathroom and and it and it goes through like everything that's like on her shelves behind her and in the bathroom and all the questions about it. And then she posted it because she thought it was really funny. Um, and there was another thing where someone was talking about someone's books and the person thought it was really funny and they reposted it. Anyway, I appreciate a celebrity thinking it's very funny. <laughs> When people are like, what's behind you? Um, very hilarious. Is that what rich people have? It's just like a couch in their bathroom? You should go look this up. It's really weird and very funny. And she taught, and I think she did explain it at one point. Uh, but yeah, it's just so funny. Um, yes, I do do this. I do. I love looking at people's bookshelves and in person on Zoom in any way, shape, or form. I also do it with non-book things, too. I've been creeping for years. I, uh, <laughs> I, um... <laughs> I creep before it was cool. I creep before the pandemic. <laughs> I, you, as I've mentioned on the show, and this is an embarrassing thing to mention, I love looking in people's windows from a distance. When they we have... talked <laughs> about this. I love doing the same thing. <laughs> when they have their blinds open at night, you know, and they're like... I can see that they're like watching TV or like eating dinner. And it's not like I'm like standing there for a long time, but I like walking by and seeing like <laughs> breathing, how they've been <laughs> yeah, and waving, uh, seeing how they've decorated, what's on their walls, and hopefully get a sneak peek of those shelves, you know? But Zoom has oh, really yeah. brought the creeping game up because people's houses <laughs> are just right there for me to take a look at. And I love that. I appreciate that. <laughs> what about you? Do you do you do this? Do you creep on people's shelves? 
Oh, absolutely. Uh, watching a Zoom talk or a meeting when someone po- or like even when someone posts a photo, like whatever. I let me see those books. Mm-hmm. I want to see those books. Uh, whenever I see interviews on CNN, like I always wonder if someone curates the photos behind the politician speaking when they're like in their home. Yes, I for want, sure. I, for sure. I'm always really, really curious about it. Um, so, Brie, why do you think, why, why do we do this? Why do people do this? Or at least some, some like, intern, like, goes through the books on the shelf behind them and is like, just make sure you don't have anything that could be called into question. <laughs> <laughs> they have, like, Mein Kampf on the shelf and they're like, why does this politician have this? Um, uh, why do people do this? Um, well, I think with Zoom... I think, like, just generally with shit in the background and Zoom, I, I think we're trying to, like, normalize a Zoom interaction, don't you think? So the first thing I'm going to say is, like, hey, is that a guitar in the corner? Do you play guitar? Or, oh, you got, I love your plants you got have you have there. You like I try to, like, just normalize the fact that we're meeting in a weird way and— uh, uh, and that involves pointing out things that I can see— um, I think also we're trying to escape the doldrums that are our own home and are the things that are behind <laughs> us and trying to figure things out about the people based on context clues. So I think there's a lot of things that playing play into the Zoom. But I think in general what it is is we're, we're looking to connect. And I do this in real life too. Um, when I go to someone's house or if I'm in someone's office, like for a meeting, um, you know, I'm a bookish person. So I'm going to look on their shelves and be like, oh, I like this book too. Like uh, I, I, I just read this or whatever. I'm going to look for things that I can connect with people on. Um, I mean, we've talked about wearing bookish clothes before on the show. And like, I got this Octavia Butler sweatshirt, which is a real hit. I get a lot of nods from a distance from people. People are like, <laughs> I get it. You um, are and super I had, cool. And I saw a friend I hadn't seen in forever. And uh, he was like, oh, I just read Parable of the Sower. And it was like, it's a nice conversation between two people who we haven't seen each other in a long time. So it was like an a good like catch up like oh cool we're into the same stuff and we can talk about and connect over this one thing so like even though obviously I wasn't in this person's house or anything but uh, they <laughs> they saw me on the street and we talked about uh, you know this sweatshirt I was wearing so I think it's I think it's about connection that's what I think I think even though it is we're calling it creepy I don't really think it's creepy I think these people I think no, you're putting these books out there for people to see and if you have them in your Zoom you're definitely you know what the fuck is behind you, right? I mean, you're not you're not like, oh no, I actually left my porn collection back there, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, well, I don't. I, I, it's not like people are cre- are breaking into your house to look at your books. That would be creepy. <laughs> Only Mallory would do that. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> at night, all of a sudden, I crawl out from under your couch to, <laughs> to look like, at your books. Oh, I really loved this book. <laughs> um, but, but what about you? You think uh, why, you do this? Why do you think people are doing this? I think I do this because I just fucking like looking at books. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of readers are the same way. Like I am drawn to a bookshelf, even if it's in a photo or a video, I am always interested in seeing if I recognize any books or maybe a book I ha- haven't heard of and I go, ooh, I'm going to look that up. Like I think it's a weird combination of comfort. Like I just love looking at books, but also interest. Like I am drawn to books like a moth to a light bulb. Like I just want to look at them. Uh, they are the most interesting thing to me. Um same and, way, like, some no, people I, are drawn to, like, a dog at a party, you know, or they're like, oh, yes. it's the dog, you know? <laughs> yes, which I also am drawn to. Mm-hmm. But if I go to a party, which, God, thinking about going to a party is hilarious to me now. Just, like, being in a room full of strangers, all with their spit particles flying around. Um, but the first thing I want to do is is go and look at the bookshelf, you know? 
and there, I mean, we'll get in, we'll get into more, more reasons in a second, but I, cause I just want to look at them. I want to, I always like looking at books. I always, um, I, I think also we're always on the lookout for books that we haven't read or book recommendations. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like I think readers just naturally are drawn to, to bookshelves because maybe we might get a new book that we are interested in reading. Mm-hmm. Um, but that leads into, do you think you can judge somebody like a person and maybe their personality based on their bookshelves? Fuck no. Fuck no. <laughs> because I think people would come into my house where, you know, we have a few shelves of books and uh, we have a lot of um, coffee table books and stuff like that, but they're actually not even in our living room. They're, they're kind of like elsewhere in our house. So you have to like... <laughs> go deeper into the labyrinth that is my home. Um, uh, and I think they look at it and be like, uh, oh, Bria doesn't read, which is if like, you didn't know I did this podcast, you might think like, oh, well, there's not, she doesn't have that many new books. Although I do have some just because of like us being sent books, but I don't buy books that often. So yeah. I don't have that many books, but that doesn't mean I don't read a book a week. You know, obviously you're listening to this show. You know, I read and I don't have to prove this to y'all. Um, <laughs> and I get rid of books all of the time. So like I even, even the books that I have, I'm like, oh, there's not room for these on this shelf. I'm just going to get rid of like, you know, a bunch of books. Um, I try to keep a few favorites, you know, that I need, that I, that I like a lot that I might want to reread, which is rare, or I might want to lend to someone or just like, I don't know, maybe I think I might need it, but I think people would think I wasn't a reader. And I, I, Obviously, like I, <laughs> I am. So there. So I think the e-reader problem. I even had this idea for like a long, t- uh, like a long time ago when I started e-reading because I realized this was going to become become a problem the more I e-read, and I've been doing that for. Uh, I started. I got my first e-reader like seven or eight years ago or something, and so you know that's hundreds of books that I haven't bought, right? Um, yeah. So I think I have this idea that like every time you e-read a book, you should get like a little, like a little mini, uh, like, like <laughs> plaque of the book or like a little fake, uh, like bookend or something. And I could just put them on a That's shelf really so people cute. could see what I've read. Um, like a which, little, like a little cardboard cut out of it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, and it could be real small. I'm like showing Mallory, but y'all can't see me, but like the size of like my palm or something, you know, like three inches high or something. That's really cute. Uh, but it, that would be a lot of work also. So I don't know. But because I was like, this is going to be a problem. No one's going to know that I read books anymore. So then I just started a book podcast so people would know that I read books, which is. <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of reading glasses, everyone. So be, please, it turns out, it turns out this has been a very, very elaborate scheme for me to convince people that I still read, even though I don't buy books anymore. Uh, what about you? Do you think you can burst? burst. Do you think you can judge a person based on their bookshelves? Uh, so I think that it depends. Um, and, and what's funny is I think that's part of reason, part of the reason why we are, besides like liking to look at books and wanting to find out about books we haven't heard of, um, I think we all want to extrapolate something about something's person, something about somebody's personality by seeing what their bookshelves are. Mm-hmm. You know, you think that you can figure out something you know, the, the subject subjects that they like, like whatever from someone's bookshelves. But I think they're so different for everyone. Uh, you know, like you said, sometimes people don't buy a lot of books, so they might have a small collection or maybe they only have books that they've had from childhood. So if you looked at it, you'd be like, wow, they're a big middle grade reader when really it's just like their collection of books from when they were actually in middle school. Right, right, um, right, it, right. Right, or they're a big library user. That's the other thing is that I started reading, mm-hmm. e-reading seven years ago, but then before that I've been a library user for 20 years. So I just don't ever buy books. Yeah. 
Um, maybe someone's an e-reader. Maybe they only do audiobooks. Um, you know, and I'd be because there are a lot of folks who you know who don't read who can't read print books. So they actually are huge fucking readers. They just have a huge audiobook collection. Um, or me. So I have the opposite problem of this. I have so many books in our in my house, and some of them I haven't read. Some of them are from Jeremy's. Some of them are arcs that we've gotten. Um, you know, I have just. Our books <laughs> I was in a Zoom meeting recently and someone was like, Mallory, are you in a bookstore? Like <laughs> we just have so many books. Um we keep two huge bookcases with most of our nonfiction books in our dining area, which is also where I do most of my live Zoom events in, in, in Zoom meetings. Um I didn't think about it until recently that if you zoom in right around where my head is, uh, is all my like feminist and sexuality books, like becoming clitoris in giant, <laughs> becoming clitorate in giant letters. Like if so, if you looked at that, you'd be like, wow, Mallory only reads books about genitals and orgasms. What a weirdo. Like, whoopsie. Like, cause, so it's just like such a small, they're not looking, they, it's impossible to look at all of my books as a whole. But if you were just thinking, oh, this is Mallory's one bookshelf that she has in her house, she only reads about orgasms what mm-hmm. a fucking weirdo mm-hmm. um so i think it might be a good conversation starter but i do agree it's absolutely impossible to get a good picture of someone's reading live just from their bookshelves and i probably need to find a different spot to do my live book events or just move i never move thought about books it or there I mean, I think it's like what we're saying is it's obvious that we like looking at people's bookshelves and people curate them, you know, like we curate them yes. to have like the books out that like I we have a bunch of coffee table books, but I only keep like four of them on the coffee table because I think that these are like four cool ones that people might want to look through, you know, so like it's definitely curated even the small amount of books that I keep around. Yeah. So I'm wondering, I mean, I think everyone uses bookshelves differently. Some people do. I mean, we see them on Instagram all the time. Some folks have bookshelves that are really mostly for display or some people like we, we, in the reading glasses slack, we have a a shelfies channel and a lot of people just like a bookshelf, they they use their bookshelves the same way I do. It's it's fucking storage. Like you just have a lot of fucking books and you need to put them somewhere there. You're not particularly thinking about how it might be a a reflective snapshot of your personality. It's just, like that's this is where I keep my books so um it is it is very very interesting the thing is though we're not gonna stop we're gonna keep peeping on those bookshelves and we're gonna keep like I mean again every time I see someone on 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 the news I'm like oh wow you know because for politicians you see a lot of president biographies you see a lot of like essay collections and I'm always like wow did they actually read that no they like it they did not think of that they did not like that. (laughs) that is my goal someday is if I get to see somebody with Lady from the Black Lagoon nice. on their shelves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That'd be really exciting. I did have somebody, a friend of mine, text me a screenshot of a Tinder match that he had. And the woman, one of the women's Tinder photos was her sitting out on her back porch reading Lady from the Black Lagoon. Nice. And I was like, if my book helps somebody get get laid, I will be <laughs> so happy. This is incredible. This this is this how I've known I've made it. Uh, so you can send your thoughts uh, on bookshelf peeping to Reading Glasses Podcast at gmail.com. And before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Mallory, do you like improving yourself? I, I do. You know I love uh, some self-improvement. What do you think about learning a new language? I think very highly about learning a new language. And the, the best thing to do that would be Babbel, the number one selling language learning app and one of the sponsors of Reading Glasses today. Yeah. Do you remember those horrible, horrible language classes you took in high school where you would go every day and I feel like I didn't learn a single thing in those language classes? 
Babbel, it's not like that at all. It has 15-minute lessons with practical, real-world conversations in mind, things that you'll use in everyday life. They're great. Yeah, and they have 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. And what's really amazing about Babbel is they have speech recognition technology, which helps improve your pronunciation and accent. So it's not just reading it. You're really developing the ability to be able to pronounce things, to have your accent uh accent work and it makes sense. Uh, the the website and the app is designed so well. It is so easy to use. You know, we're all still stuck inside here in Los Angeles. We have, you know, extra time because we're not allowed to to go anywhere. And it's so easy and, and also fun to spend 15 minutes a day learning a new language. So right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for just the price of three. three. That's amazing. Maybe you're interested in, we, we talk about how we love translated books on the show, but if you use Babbel for a while, maybe you'll be able to read a book in its original language. Wow. That is like next level reading. Pretty cool. Mm-hmm. So right now you can get your, a three month Babbel subscription and get an additional three months free if you go to Babbel.com and use the promo code glasses. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com code glasses for an extra three months free. That'll take you into the summer. How cool it would be to get to the summer and be able to, to speak in another language. So that's Babbel, a language for life, Babbel.com, promo code glasses. 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 Congratulations, you've won a ticket to attend an exclusive opportunity in a relaxing environment with two lovers. Wow. Well, this sounds like a sort of proposition of sorts, but really it's an ad for our podcast. Wonderful. It's a show we do here on Maximum Fun where we talk about things that we like and things that we're into. I'm Rachel McElroy, and you just heard Griffin McElroy, and we are excited for you to join us as we talk about movies and music and books. Things like sneezing or the idea of rain. (laughs) (laughs) Can you get news or information you can use? Absolutely you cannot, because we're here to talk to you about pumpernickel bread. You can find new episodes on Wednesdays. So catch, catch the wave! Let's test out some book tech advances in bookish technology. This week, Roxanne, thank you very much, uh, sent us some gorgeous bookmarks that look like feathers. Priya, can you describe these very cute bookmarks? Yeah. I mean, they're they're exactly what you said. They're bookmarks, so they're not feathers. They're not actual feathers. Don't get too excited. They look like feathers, but they're not real feathers. <laughs> they're just little, they're like thick paper bookmarks that look like different feathers. Now, I don't know anything about feathers, about birds or identifying <laughs> feathers. But uh, they're all different. So I think one is like, you know, a parrot. One is a pigeon. I don't know anything about feathers. Uh, I just named two peas. Uh, someone birds. someone who, uh, someone needs to get these who is a bird person and see yeah, if they yeah, can. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they're very cute. Identify. They're just thick. They're about, um, you know, the size of, they're like maybe four inches long. Um, very simple. I'll post them on our Instagram. But I think we have a lot to say about them considering they're very simple. And they come in a pack of, I don't know, Mallory, there was like a lot. There was like 25 or something in a pack, right? Yeah, there was a bunch. Okay. What did you a think about flock, them? A flock, if you will. <laughs> what did you think about them? Uh, I love these. Five out of five pages for me um, because they made me realize something that mm. I love a thick bookmark. 
Like, I don't want a flimsy bookmark. If it can't flop over when you're holding it up. Um, because the paper on these is really thick and they're not too long. Uh, I think I'm the Goldilocks of bookmarks. Like, it can't be too short because I don't want it falling out or getting lost when I put it down, but it can't be too long. I hate when a bookmark is so long that it pokes out of the top and the bottom of the book at the same time. Oh, yeah. That's like, I feel like that's an old timey bookmark. Like, you only use that if you're reading like some ancient scroll or some ancient book. <laughs> You know, and then you like you unf- like the Bible that Biden was sworn in on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You like unfurl your bookmark and then put it into the page. You're reading a book on from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Um, yeah, I don't know why it bothers me if like because it used to bother me if a bookmark poked out of the top and bottom of a book because if it was in my purse or something, then like yeah. both ends of the bookmark would get. Um, get damaged but like when like when's the last time I, I brought a book well, out on a the shelf world? it's a problem on a shelf it's yes. a problem if you put it back on the shelf and it's on both sides and you need something to be on either side yeah yeah and then if you poke it out at the bottom then it's just too long on the top don't like that um these feather bookmarks are just right they're just in the middle and they're mm. so cute and they come in really cute like different colors so if you're like me and you kind of like matching the color of your bookmark to the cover of your book because you know who knows, you're a weirdo like I am. They're perfect. They're just adorable. And they're now, um, I'm very grateful that we got to test them out because now I can look at my bookmarks and assess them for their different thicknesses. Bria, what did you think? <laughs> <laughs> Mallory loves a thick bookmark. You're going to put that on your Tinder profile. Like, love, yes, a, love thick, a thick bookmark. <laughs> thick thick with two Cs. <laughs> um, I also love these. Five out of five for me. Um, I've been using them nonstop. You know, I don't read that many physical books, but I'm doing a reread of DMZ, and it is a doorstop. This thing is- What the I've, fuck is DMZ? Uh, I've been trying to figure that out. Oh, it's a comic, it's a graphic novel by Brian Wood. Um, it is, it's great. They're making a TV show of it. Uh, Ava DuVernay is making a TV show of it. So I read it a million years ago when it came out, a million years ago, 10 years ago or something when it came out, maybe 12 years ago. And uh, I, because they're doing the TV show, I'm very excited about that. So I thought I'd- Dust it off, re- do a reread, um, and it's a doorstop. This book is, I mean, it is thick. It is, it is. I'm not shitting you, six inches thick or something. It's crazy. Um, and this has been great. I, oh I uh, basically only need bookmarks for co- graphic novels for the most part. And these are perfect, super cute. They come in sets of like a lot, like like we said, maybe like like a couple dozen. Um, and I gave half to Mallory and we had a bunch left. I think these were a really good, like cute little gift. I could see them as like a good like stocking stuffer or if you're getting like yes. a whole bunch of little reader things for people, like getting them these. I, I don't remember how much they were um, uh, on the Amazon thing, but they're, they're a good little- I don't little think they're too cute, expensive. Yeah, cute gift to like add to stuff. Um, um, on their own, they're not like, so impressive, but they are very useful. You know what I mean? <laughs> like they're like such a useful. Yeah, okay. I mean, gift. I agree. They're 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 perfectly they're they're the gold they're the Goldilocks bookmark. Not too long, not too short. Yeah, like not if you were gonna thick. like because get someone like the tub tray and then also get the bookmarks to go with it. Like that'd be the perfect little bookish gift. Like a book gift basket. Although, but I do want to say I think a bookmark can be too thick. Um, go we on. actually. <laughs> We had um, we had someone write in recently about crocheted bookmarks um, yeah. to let us know, and they're actually I think they're mailing us some crochet or mailing Maximum Fun um, some the some bookmarks they crocheted, but they had to specify that crochet book you have to make a crochet bookmark with a special kind of yarn that isn't too thick because I was just thinking like regular yarn. I was like that's too thick for a book that's gonna fuck up that spine. Um, 
because you don't want a bookmark that like makes the book, the book has to be able to lie flat. If it's like the, the cover is bumped up, it's too thick of a bookmark. Mm. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's more involved than people think. Yes, it's, it's a Goldilocks situation. Not too thick, not too thin. Not too uh, long, blue. not too short. <laughs> <laughs> we, will, we will put a link in the show notes to these. We love these bookmarks. So thank you, Roxanne. Uh, and if you have book tech that you want us to test out, check out the wish list in our show notes. And if you want some, want to have, if you have something you want us to put on there, you have something to suggest, send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Now it's time to solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. Aubrey writes in, I have a reading dilemma that could use your expertise. I'm not an e-reader at all, and most of the books I read are secondhand from eBay, used bookstores, Goodwill, etc. But about three years ago, I downloaded Libby on my phone for the sole purpose of checking out the books that I buy secondhand because I felt bad that the authors of these books weren't getting anything from my purchases. I buy a book secondhand, then immediately place a hold for that book on Libby, check it out for three or four days, then return the hold without ever even opening the book. I've been doing this for years, and a friend just finally pointed out to me that I'm screwing over everyone waiting in line for these books. Should I respect my fellow library users and stop placing holds that I never use? Or should I continue to support the authors of the books that I'm purchasing secondhand? Is this trash baby behavior? Help me absolve this reader guilt. P.S. I watched 12 Hour Shift with my mom over Christmas and we both absolutely loved it. Oh, yay. Bria, what should Aubrey do? Okay, first of all, if people don't understand what Aubrey is doing, because it is a complicated system Aubrey has worked out, because Aubrey's buying all this stuff secondhand, the authors aren't getting a percentage of the money she's spending. So she's going to the library, checking out the books, and then even with ebooks, uh, you have to buy an ebook. Uh, like the rights to the ebook for a certain number of checkouts. So that author, if, if you know, it gets checked out five times, say they'll have to buy another uh, an, another ver- uh, contract with the ebook or whatever. You know, I'm saying that complicated. So she's making sure that the um, author is actually getting money, which is, wow. This is a thoughtful citizen we have here in Aubrey. Aubrey is a world citizen. When you are dropping a piece of trash, Aubrey's picking it up. If there's a dish in the sink, she's washing it, even if it isn't hers. If there's a traffic jam, she's letting you get in front of her and giving you a little wave afterwards. She is a thoughtful citizen of the world. I love it. It's so nice. Um, So Aubrey's wanting to make sure that since she's getting these books secondhand, that the authors are getting some money, some attention, Hopefully the publisher sees that their book, these books are being bought and they get to, this author gets to publish more books. I love this. I was originally going to suggest like, oh, if you're just worried about money, join the author's Patreon for a month or something like that. Um, but I realized Aubrey's already spent the money. She spent the money getting it from the Goodwill, right? So she spent the like $5 getting this book and she's trying to find a way to support the authors without spending more money, which I totally understand. We all have budgets over here. So... I realized, Aubrey, you could just check out the book for like 15 minutes and return it. It's going to do the same thing. Check out the book for three minutes and return it. It doesn't matter because if you check it out, it's checked out. So you don't have to keep it for three or four days. And as like a person who is waiting on a book, uh, if, if, if this is your concern, you're worried about the person who's behind you on the waiting list, just check it out for like three minutes. And then if I'm right behind you, I'll get it the moment you return it. So I think you don't have to keep it three days and that should solve the problem of the person waiting behind you, I believe, if that's the concern. Um, I think so. We can yeah. have our various librarian and library adjacent folks uh, check in on this. But I, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, because I, I 
e-read from the library. And um, when I'm done with a book, I try to return it when I finish it instead of when it automatically returns to the library because um, then it goes earlier. And I will find the library will be like, oh, there's a three-week wait for this book. And then I get it in like three days. And I'm like, oh, it's because whoever, they returned it faster than than what than what they were supposed to keep it for, right? Yeah. What What is your suggestion for for Aubrey? Uh, I do want to agree. Aubrey, you are not a trash baby. Aubrey might be the most thoughtful and considerate person in the entire world. (laughs) Um, but I do think that we can absolve Aubrey of her book guilt. I think, I think we need to like come up with like a hand gesture because, you know, like priests do the thing where they like touch their face or their their (laughs) shoulders or whatever. Like, I don't know how that works, but we should do like, eh, like touch, touch, and then like book open. (laughs) Yeah. Great. Uh Like absolve them of guilt. Um, I don't think that uh, I, I think that yes, she can absolve her stuff in the book guild. I don't think she has to check them out from the library. Um, but I do, you know, the system is very well thought out. And if I didn't even think about just doing it for for three or four or five minutes, I think that's literally that could also one second. I think one second you've <laughs> checked out the book, check it out, and then return it. And I think that's all that matters. Um, Because I see that doing good as a reader is clearly important to Aubrey. Um, Truly bless you from all all authors across the world. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, But I also think that Aubrey might... um, be, might think about spending her time on a positive review of the book somewhere like on Goodreads or wherever Aubrey reviews books um, or talking about the book on 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 Aubrey's social media. Uh, you know, spreading the word about a book is also super important and can do um, can do so much good. I mean, that's how a lot of there's a lot of books in the world that don't have huge publicity and marketing bu- budgets that have thrived off of word of mo- mouth alone. Um, so, you know, maybe her, maybe, maybe Aubrey reviewing it or, uh, or maybe Aubrey reviewing it somewhere on her, on Aubrey's social media. Sorry. I didn't, Aubrey didn't say if, uh, what their pronouns are. So I didn't want to like, I'm trying to just use the name Aubrey mm-hmm. instead of she, her, um, I think that some, somebody might see Aubrey's social media and buy that book. Uh, or get it from the library or whatever, um, or a publisher or somebody might see, wow, this, this book has 5,000 reviews on Goodreads or whatever. Um, so that stuff does a lot of good too. And if Aubrey is feeling stressed out or conflicted about doing good while also buying used books, I think that that is just that that's a great way to help and, um, might assuage some of her book guilt, some of Aubrey's book guilt. Yeah. Great. If you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank our amazing Facebook moderators who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy reading glasses, tote bags, shirts, stickers, cool stuff in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show and don't want to spend any money, maybe you are, are, like we said, folks have budgets. If you want to do something that really, really helps us and is free, you can rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us get more listeners. It makes us look super fucking fancy. It takes le- like less than five minutes. It is the best thing that you can do for us that costs no money. Um, you can also email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readingglassespodcast on our newly refurbished Instagram that Re- Bria has been doing all kinds of cool stuff with um, over at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.